Live from the studios of KCWU Ellensburg, this is The DeBoss Show, the first show. I'm Danny DeBock, your host, alongside Gabriel Strasva. And Gabe, this playoff season was one for the ages. That it has, Danny. It's been one of the best NFL playoff runs in recent memory. It's actually been one of the best regular seasons as well. But for this, because the Super Bowl's coming up, let's get into some playoff talks. Let's go right into it. And we we had a great season highlighted by many great games. The Saints and the Rams, the Rams and the Chiefs, you name it. There were great games all over the board. But now it's it's it was playoff season come the wild card round, and we had some games. First, it was the Indianapolis Colts against the Houston Texans, and going into that game, people were wondering whether it'll be the Houston Texans who who won the, their the division with Deshaun Watson quarterback. They they believe that this this team was something special, but then in came the Indianapolis Colts, and they showed why they're dominant with their running game, particularly Gabriel. Well, their running game is one of the biggest strengths of their team. Marlon Mack has definitely become one of the better running backs in this league. I definitely like his versatility. He reminds me a lot of Pierre Thomas. He's a guy who can run the ball in between the tackles, but he's not afraid to get out there, catch a screen pass, and especially when you got a brand new tight end like Eric Ebron, who's definitely improved his blocking over last year. It's going to give guys like Marlon Mack wide open daylight to run. Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But I think the reason why the Colts won that game was their coaching, and that goes right to okay, Frank Wright. I, I can agree with that. Their coaching is a lot better than it was. He's but going I, to be coach of the year, let's be oh, honest. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, you took an absolute dumpster fire team and turned them into a playoff team. They were 1-5 and five at the beginning of the year. I'm curious if he can carry this momentum, though, into next season, and especially if Andrew Luck can keep his productivity up, 4,000 yards, 39 touchdown kind of thing. And definitely. Well, you have the offensive game with Andrew Luck at quarterback, and you have a complimenting running game also as well. This offense is going to be special, but their defense is also a force to be reckoned with with Darius Leonard. Oh, absolutely. They did exactly what they needed to do in the draft. They got their leader in their middle linebacker right now with Darius Leonard. They got a good guy a couple years ago in Malik Hooker playing safety back there. And now on the offensive side of the ball, now that Luck's healthy, they've completely built a Good, solid offensive line. And now looking at the losing end of this playoff game, the Houston Texans gave with Deshaun Watson. They just didn't show up in this postseason game. No, they didn't show up. I'm not necessarily sure I want to blame all of it on Deshaun Watson. He definitely had a poor performance, especially for his first playoff game. But I don't think that this is a telltale sign for his career. The guy is electric, and he just happened to have a bad game. Not a good time to have a bad game. But it's not like his supporting cast helped him out. Yeah, well, this Houston team is still strong. They have plenty of assets available with Watson, Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, their wide receiver, and then their defense, J.J. Watt and Jadeveon County. Oh, J.J. Swizzle! And... And that's 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 such an amazing aspect for this team, and they're going to be a team to watch in the days to come. Obviously. Can we just can we just imagine how sick it would have been if they would have drafted Deshaun Watson when they had Andre Johnson in his prime? That could be with a DeAndre scary, Hopkins on the other side. That <laughs> is scary. <laughs> now we we don't have all time all day for all the playoffs. No, games we're time to here. move on now. But let's move on to the game that happened later that night, and it. 
for people, especially in the state of Washington, a tough one. A Seahawks team going down to Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Well, I don't really know how the Seahawks could have expected to win going in with their game plan. Run, 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 run. What do you do on third and 13? I got it. Let's run when Dallas is stacking the box. It, it seemed to be a game plan destined for failure. And then once they've started to be desperate and, and do what they can to try and produce some passing yards, they were able to do that effectively. And that's why this Seattle team, if they need to throw the ball, they do that very well. So They do, but they need to now stick to it. The whole point of getting rid of Daryl Bevel was because that he had poor play calling in key movements. Now you got Brian Schottenheimer. He's supposed to be the guy to change this, but all I've seen from it is great hot streaks like the game against Carolina. Great play calling. But when you get into the playoffs, you think, oh, I have the best running game in the league. That means I can run Every down? No, not every down. In key situations. Let your potential Hall of Fame quarterback go to work. And and he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback for a reason, obviously, but they were the number one rushing team in the National Football League. Yeah, they finished with 160.0 yards per game. And if you have a Dallas defense that, that stops the run as, effect, as effectively as they did, you're not going to find success. Oh, no, they did it all season, too. They did against Philadelphia. They shut down Kamara and Ingram. They shut down everybody they played when it came to running the ball, except the later game, and we'll talk we'll to that. We'll discuss that one at a later time. But, but you got to give Prescott credit in that game. He had a couple really gutsy moments, especially the run to end the game, where, you know – in all fairness, I wouldn't be prepared for Prescott to run up the middle, but the Seahawks played such a lackadaisical cover two that they spread their linebackers too much, and then Prescott just ran up the middle. And what an unbelievable play. I, You know, when he took off, I almost thought he was going to score. If he would have scored, we might be talking as that was one of the best runs we've seen in the past, like, five years. That, uh, what Dak did to put the Cowboys team on his back, considering – all that has gone on with this Dallas team and coming up short and and its playoff woes, it, it's it's incredible to see what Dak did against the Seattle team. Moving on, let's move on to a game that happened a few hours. Few, it was the next uh, day. The next day. The next day, it was a game between the L.A. Chargers and the Baltimore Ravens, and in my eyes. When you have a running quarterback, come playoff time, they're eventually going to falter, and that's what happened. Uh, okay. That's why running quarterbacks do not make it in the National Football okay, League. Okay, I can agree with that. I, I, I don't disagree, but here's my issue. I don't think that that's a telltale sign for Lamar Jackson. The guy's proven to be an accurate quarterback. Now, I think when you have a quarterback who runs the ball 20 times in a game, it's insane, especially when you're playing against a defense with guys like Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. But I'm not going to blame that game completely on Lamar Jackson. They did not give him any protection on the offensive line, and that's why he fumbled as much as he did. But you got to protect the ball still. But he's a better quarterback than that. He's a rookie quarterback going into the playoffs, especially a quarterback who's only started. How many games did he start this year? Eight? He played in, what, 11? Boy, I tell you, you talk about winning. He won very well, especially in in the latter course of the season. He did. He, he torched to the same team. He torched the Chargers in Los Angeles when they played. The only problem was is the rest of the team actually figured out how to play. Yeah, and it showed in the playoff game. Moving on from that matchup, 
there was the highlight of Wild Card Weekend, and that was a game between the Chargers, or not the Chargers, I'm still thinking about the game in the morning. It was the Chicago Bears at home hosting the Philadelphia Eagles, and before this game, could Nick Foles really pull off his magic again and Boy, did that fly, show up. Fly, Eagles, fly on the road to victory. We knew, we knew that Nick Foles, Nick Foles is magic, man. The guy makes the difference. I don't know why he just does. Maybe it's because he's just a bigger presence, more of a charismatic figure, but the defense plays differently. The offense plays differently. The coaching is different. I, don't get me wrong. I think Wentz is a better quarterback, but Foles just performs better with that team. What about you? What do you think? There's a different dynamic that comes. Sure, Carson Wentz, he performed in the regular season last year, and he possibly could have won the MVP award. But in the playoffs, there's a, there's a sort of cool that comes with Nick Foles. He's relaxed and composed, and he goes out there with with nothing to lose. Oh, no, the guy's got that Tom Brady, Joe Montana kind of mentality once he gets into the postseason. I mean, the guy led a, a remarkable drive at the end of the game against the number one defense in the NFL, or one of the better defenses in the league. With the number two rushing defense and or number one rushing defense in the league, he led them down the field and scored on a gutsy fourth down call to Golden Tate. The guy is just clutch. But I also want to give credit to Mitchell Trubisky in that game. I get that a lot of people gave him garbage because they lost the game. The man went out there and threw 300 yards against the defending world champions and put his team in position to win. Cody Parkey just doesn't understand what a good field goal is. He knows how to hit the goalposts. He hit. He's hit what six of them. He's the hit the goalposts this year as many times as Brady's been to the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, that's classic. Well, that was the end of their season off a double doink, and a double just doink like, for a twelve-win team, dude. How much does that hurt? Especially if, a team that had Super Bowl aspirations. If the Bears would have won that game, they'd be playing the Rams in. Well, imagine if that kick would have been good. Things might have been different. That's a lot of what-ifs. But, you know, I I, I might agree with you on that one. But let's move on to division. We're not playing what-if. So the divisional round, it began with the Chiefs and the Colts. This was going to be a game that wasn't going to gain gain much publicity, not that many headlines. (laughs) It it showed. Hey, Danny, who'd you pick in that game? That doesn't matter. Hey, Danny, who'd you pick in that game? You picked the Colts! That didn't matter. The Chiefs were the the Chiefs were the one number one seed, and they proved exactly why. Patrick Mahomes, he may not have had his best performance, but he led his Chiefs down the field consistently on that Colts defense with Darius Leonard, and they showed why they were the number the number one seed in the AFC. Just dominated the Well, Colts. you know what's funny is it's not even just their offense. They're thirty they're supposedly worst defense in the league. Stepped up and they just abused Andrew Luck the entire game. They got pressure on him from beginning to end. You know what it reminded me a lot of? Obviously, not as dominant of a performance, but it was very similar to when Denver played Carolina in the Super Bowl. Ooh, they yeah. just got there from beginning to end, and it wasn't, they just weren't able to stop it. And then with Mahomes being so electric on offense with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and all them boys, the problem was. 
they got to a lead and they couldn't use Marlon Mack anymore for the Colts. And it completely shut their run game down. And then it was just up to their secondary to hold up. All you got to do is cover T.Y. Hilton and then you're good. Yeah, when you dominate the time of possession, you control the game. Absolutely. And if you don't have much of a say to control the game, you're not going to dominate. And we know what happened with the Chiefs the following week obviously in time of possession, but in this divisional round game against the Colts, this was a, a testament to the power of time of possession, but there oh, is an even better example the following, but we'll get into that. Next up in the divisional round came a matchup that, that was a really tasty one, the Rams and the Cowboys. You know, I, I was really excited for this game, but I kind of feel like the game fell flat, though. I expected a little bit more high-flying offense, I would have expected more out of Elliott. I don't think Elliott showed up enough in that game. Yeah, there was plenty of field goals being kicked, and field goals can really turn the taste of a game and make it bland. And well, plus, sour. who who is ready for C.J. Anderson to come out there and have a Todd Gurley type game? <sighs> he... And not to mention, they have Todd Gurley. Aside from Anderson, who went for over a hundred yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. He he really showed up. Yeah, but apart from that, C.J. Anderson was the key aspect of the Rams, and that's why they were able to win to win that game. And it was because of their running game. Oh, absolutely! Their running, their addition of C.J. Anderson may have been what carried them all the way to this point where we are now. Because if you don't have Anderson, and you just who was the other guy that they had? Brown? Malcolm Brown? Yeah, Malcolm Brown. Yeah, Malcolm Brown's not leading them in the NFC Championship anywhere. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. And Gurley didn't have any role in that game. But move on to the next divisional game. Plus, to keep in mind, C.J. Anderson has been there before. He went to the Super Bowl twice with the Broncos. Oh, I know. They act like the guy's a bum. The guy was an all-star running back for the Broncos when they won it. I thought Carolina was going to be really hot when they added him. I figured it'd be a great combination between him and McCaffrey. Wow, wow, and it's it still hasn't. Yeah, they they didn't show up, especially in the latter portion of the regular season, but they were out of the playoffs. So why even bother talking about them? Yeah. Continuing on in the divisional round, Patriots and Chargers, West Coast team traveling to the East Coast for a morning playoff game against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this right off the bat real quick. To everybody who's going to hear this, if you pick the Chargers, I don't know what you were looking at, what film you were studying, because I'll tell you right now, the Patriots were going to dominate. You should have known that from the beginning, and they did. Case closed. Move on to the next game. We don't even need to talk about it. They killed them. They killed them on the ground. They killed them in the air. They couldn't do anything the moment that anybody on the Patriots aside from Tom Brady has three touchdowns like Sonny Michelle wrap it up the Patriots won Chargers they don't have a home stadium they don't have any fans home stadium they don't even have a city yeah yeah Los Angeles doesn't care about them so send it back to San Diego yeah rest in peace LA Chargers moving on pretty much Saints and the Eagles Gabe, I know you were happy with this one, with your Saints coming in the clutch when it mattered the well, most against Nick Foles, who is a playoff hero. Well, I was not too thrilled at the end of the first quarter. But, but, our defense was spectacular in the latter half of that game. 
But uh, Nick Foles looked hot right off the bat. The entire Eagles team looked like they were ready to make a Super Bowl run. I figured that going into the playoffs, this was going to be the hardest matchup for the Saints to take on. A lot of people didn't think the Eagles were a threat, but you're defending Super Bowl champions for a reason. It's not like they completely disintegrated the whole team. They still had the players there, and they were starting to show it. That touchdown pass to Matthews was just a dot. It took a long time for the Saints to even catch up at that point. Oh, definitely. And, yeah, it took them a while before they finally regrouped themselves, and then they were able to come in the clutch. Oh, the turning point was Lattimore. Lattimore with the interception, that was big. And what would have happened if, if the Eagles may have won that game? Maybe we could be talking Nick Foles and Brady Part 2. Oh, I think we would be talking Nick Foles and Brady Part 2. But I'll tell you, what's not hinder away from the fact that Drew Brees was also masterful in the second half of that game. The guy completed such a high number percent of his passes and then also went for over 300 in a couple scores. He was clutch when it mattered in that one. Definitely. But then... The next playoff game, Gabe, I know you had the euphoric victory against the Eagles, and then it came to a screeching halt or a screeching clash. Robbery. Highway robbery. They have. Okay. So let's go from an objective position on this because let's be objective in this whole thing. The Saints. The biggest turning point in that game, it, okay, I shouldn't say it was a turning point, but one of the bigger momentum shifts in the entire thing was after the DeMario Davis interception, which also broke part of the Superdome, if you didn't know. Part of the ceiling fell down in the, le- in the uh, media room. So uh, Seattle, Kansas City, we're coming for you on that noise record. <laughs> but anyway, how many stadiums do you know get destroyed by crowd noise? Well, the Superdome is ancient. Hey now, hey it's now! Ancient. It's it's gonna be the ninth wonder of the world when they tear down the Astrodome. But anyway, from an objective side of this, they sh- I don't know how you don't. I said it the minute they picked him off. Go score a touchdown now. Two possession lead right here. You need to take that because if you only put three up and the Rams go down and kick a, or score a touchdown, woo, you're in trouble. And then it looked like the Rams. It looked like the Saints were gonna capitalize on that when they got to the thirteen to nothing lead. And I knew going into this game, Sean McVay, all those boys, they know how to run fakes. They do it all the time. I don't <laughs> care what. I don't care if they're at their own one yard line or if they're at the one on the other end of the field. I said to my buddy Noah immediately, "They're gonna fake it right here. You better be ready for it." And then you see Justin Hardy running the other way, but Hecker, the guy can throw from yeah, there. high school quarterback from Bothell, if I recall. Yeah, but let's give some credit to the Rams, though, because the Rams, they, they stepped up in the second half of that game. There's no doubt about it. Jared Goff played a lot better. You want to take that one? This this Rams team had every reason to give up, especially after the, the, the interception by DeMario Davis. Oh, absolutely. The momentum seems to be completely shifted to the side of the Saints, and it would appear as if this Rams team is cooked. They're done. But they hold the Saints to two field goals right when they get right when the Saints are in the red zone area. The Rams defense stepped up and forced the Saints to kick those two field goals. You turn those field goals into touchdowns, we aren't even having this discussion right now. I don't understand why the Saints kept trying to run it up the middle against the Rams defense. If you want to attack the Rams defense, run it on the outside to Fowler Jr.'s side. That's how you're going to burn them. 
because he's not going to get in there and stuff Ingram. And they started to do that in the second half of the game. And it looked like the Saints recaptured the momentum, especially when they jumped out and got their 20th point. But even I said at that point, I think 27 is going to win this game. I think you got to score at least one. You got to score one more and you'll feel comfortable. And, well, they didn't reach that 27 point. No, mark. but we all know what exactly. We all know what the big elephant in the room in this whole thing is. It's the worst no call, probably in the history of the NFL. Possibly sports, if you ask guys like Skip Bayless. Is it the most rigged call in sports? I think it's right up there with Michael Jordan's game winner against Utah. That was it's, a, it's close. It, it's bad. It's Okay, no one can honestly say that the Rams deserve to be in that game after that. And I get that people say that the Saints needed to – well, you had the ball in overtime. Well, you, Drew Brees had the ball. You got picked off. All that – listen, you shouldn't have to win the NFC Championship game twice. Why did they make it to where they have to win it twice? That was over. You call it. It's a first down. You kick the field goal. You go home. You go to Atlanta. Yeah, story over. Well, Nikel Roby Coleman, he made a heads-up play. He might have been fined $25,000. Did you hear he's appealing it? <laughs> did you hear that? I did not hear yeah, that. Yeah, I've just read it on Twitter. He's appealing it. from. Oh, my. I'm like, how are you going to appeal that? It's obvious you cracked the <laughs> snot out of the guy. Tommy Lee Lewis, the Oh, yeah. By the way, Sean Payton. By the way, Sean Payton, if you ever get a chance to hear this, nice job on third third and seven throwing to Tommy Lee Lewis. Not like you got Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara on your team or a guy who just mossed Nikel, uh, what's his name, Uh, Roby Coleman, and Ted Ginn. You throw it to Tommy Lee. What, did you not learn anything on the Monday night game against the Panthers when he fumbled the ball out of bounds? Did you not figure that out yet? Okay, let's just throw it to him anyway. Nice job. I would have rather you ran the ball up the middle for two yards. At least we wouldn't be having this conversation at this point, and the clock would have started to run. Instead, the Rams got a free timeout, essentially. Move on to the AFC Championship game. I'm done with this. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on from that. Oof. I I got to cool down. Moving on from that, Rams are in. <laughs> How do you throw a pick in overtime? He just threw it up there. Take the sack. I mean, they didn't call the face mask on him, but whatever. The Rams played a good game. They 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 didn't deserve the win, but they played a good game. We The Saints should be in the Super Bowl right now. Everyone knows it. It's a tainted Super Bowl, but anyway, let's move on to the AFC Championship. Gabe, what happened in the AFC Championship? You know what happened? The Imperial Empire. I'm you. The Imperial what? Empire, the, with led by Emperor Palpatine and Darth Vader at quarterback, proved why they're the absolute machine and dominance in the really the league. I only want to just say the AFC. They were masterful all the way around. The only thing that I have an issue with in that game is the last pick by Brady that was called back on the offsides. I'm not D Ford offsides. I don't think that the Chiefs got, you know, robbed or anything. But I'm a little shocked that the ref didn't tell Chris Jones that he was offsides. D Ford, D Ford. Was it D Ford? It was D Ford. It was offsides. But yeah, that's a questionable call because the official before every every single play, if someone's just a little bit offside, he'll send a warning. But 
Well, it could have ended the game. Essentially, yeah, well, yeah, totally. I mean, the Patriots got three timeouts, and you got, you're telling me that defense has got to make one stop against the league's MVP? Good luck. It's not yeah. going to be fun. Yeah, and I, well, he got the ball back, and he drove, he carved up that Patriots defense, but he didn't have enough time. But let's just go, well, give credit where credit is due. Oh. Bill Belichick had a great game oh. plan to keep the ball oh. away from oh. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he definitely silenced all those critics who said that he had a bad Super Bowl 52 because his per, his coaching in that game was just spectacular from beginning to end. But I'll let you take this one. Go give your boy go give your boy Tommy some credit. Well, I'm not I'm not going to go after Tommy just no, yet. No, he played well. Well, what I was impressed by was the first half by New England. Oh, they ran the ball with Burkhead effectively and Michelle. Burkhead and Michelle, and then the dump-off passes to James White. It was the running game for the Patriots that dominated the first half, and they led 14-0 at halftime. Who would have imagined that Patrick Mahomes, the de facto MVP of the league, was was shut out in the first half of the AFC Championship. You would not expect that at all. I mean, I wouldn't expect it. What do you have, like 31, 37 yards? That's it in the first half? It's ridiculous. But at the same rate, look at what he did, especially in that <laughs> fourth <laughs> look quarter. Look at the final score of the game. It was 37 to 31. He Clearly, the offense has figured out how to turn it on. And they turned on a switch. Not to sure. mention, can we give some serious credit to Julian Edelman and Gronkowski at the <sighs> end of that game? Especially Edelman. Oh, my How goodness. he was able to break. But another guy that I think, I, you know, I, there's an MIA for him. He's on the, the milk carton right now. Have you seen me? Because I don't know where Tyreek Hill was. Do you? I mean, uh, I get Stephon Gilmore. He's Kil- probably on one of those billboards. <laughs> I get Stephon Gilmore. Can you find me? Tyreek Hill. I get that This Stephon is a message Gilmore. to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> can you find me? No. <laughs> I get that Gilmore's a good cornerback, but he shouldn't be good enough to where you're shutting down Tyreek Hill for one catch. That's it. One catch in the AFC Championship game. And not to mention, I get that Kelsey caught a touchdown, but I want to see more productivity from him earlier in the game. you got to establish that kind of momentum. Well, especially with a big guy like that, a younger version of Gronkowski, and yet still Gronk outplayed him. Well, that's because the Patriots dominated time and possession. If you, don't, if you dominate time and possession... You can, you have very little say if you're an opposing offense. Well, then shut the, shut the Chiefs down. They can't run the ball. Damian Williams isn't that great of a running back. Or you mean the Patriots? The Patriots? Because the Patriots no, dominate in time and possession. You sh- pardon me. You should be able to shut down the Patriots' run game, though. You should be able to. It's not like Sonny Michelle, some all-star running back. You're not dealing with C.J. Anderson but or Todd no, Gurley, obviously. But, well, let's even tie it into what I was saying about like, Damian Williams is – the Chiefs can't run the ball, so they're not going to dominate time of possession. The only way the Chiefs are ever going to win a game is if they can outscore you, and they almost did. But, I mean, you're also going against arguably the greatest head coach of all time, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't want to play that matchup, but I can oh. tell you right now, if if that P.I. is called, I'll tell you what, the Super Bowl probably be a lot more entertaining because you'd have – two of the best head coaches in the league, probably the two best head coaches in the league, and the probably the top two quarterbacks in this league going against each other. Well, we can't get ahead of ourselves right now. We we haven't even watched the Super Bowl yet. Nobody has. So This isn't going to be an entertaining game. 
Oh, well, we'll have to wait and see. It might be something special. I, bold prediction. The Patriots shut him out. You heard it right here. He said it, not me. Yeah, I said. Gabriel Strasbaugh says it right here. Bold prediction. Patriots shut out the Rams. Well. Shut them out. That's that's a bold take. First shutout in Super Bowl history. Now that's saying something. Well, we haven't reached that point yet. Might but as well just give him back, the six to, back to the AFC Championship game. What does this say to the legacy of Tom Brady? Converting third, having going 13 for 19 on third down plays and just methodically leading his Patriots when it mattered the most on third down and coming in the clutch time and time again. He's he's amazing. The guy's got that Montana kind of thing. That's just what he is. He's able to convert when he needs to. It's rare occasion when he doesn't. It's not like every time, like Super Bowl 52 when he fumbled or or the pick in the AFC Championship in 06 against the Colts. That just doesn't happen that often, though, for him. I, the guy was clutch. He he stepped up when it mattered, and I didn't know if he was going to. And that's nothing against Brady. It's just more of against what they were playing like at that point in time. He had a couple interceptions in that game, so it didn't seem like – it seemed like they were going to have to run the ball if they wanted to win the game. But in the fourth quarter and overtime, Brady Brady showed why Brady's Brady. So we've had discussions if you've been following 88 won the Berg sports as of late. It's pretty much just even if you know me and you, then you it, know. It's, it's, a, it's quite a rivalry, and we've gone at length talking, is Brady better than Breeze? He thinks Breeze is, the, is one of the best of all time next to Joe Montana. Yeah. So tell me, Gabe Strasbaugh, is Tom Brady better than Drew Breeze? Uh, at what? Chess? <laughs> Checkers? At being a quarterback in the National Football League. Oh, well, that, no. 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 <laughs> Come on. No. The guy's good. Don't get me wrong. Are, but... you, are you talking Brady? Oh, yeah, Brady. He's good. Is he? He's, he's better than Breeze. Breeze. He's better than Breeze. No. Defend yourself. I mean, if we're just going to talk about the quarterback position, it takes 53 guys to win. So if I'm going to look at a quarterback position, you got a ring? Yeah, check. Okay, so how are you performing then? Well, Breeze outdoes him statistically in every way, shape, and form except for turnovers. You know what I would do. Everyone knows what I would say. He plays in a dome. He's 1-3, below 32 degrees. He's ineffective outdoors. Tom Brady has won hundreds of games well, below guess, 32. Well, I guess you could say that Drew Brees has won more in a dome then than Tom Brady has. He's won, Brady's won more Super Bowls than Brees. That's because he's got a good team around him. It's a just good him. team? What the Saints haven't had anybody until now. In 2009. Saints had a had... good team. Did Brees get the job done? No, he throws he an interception. He got robbed on a P.I. call. He won that <laughs> he game. Got it. When he had the ball in his hands with a chance to go to the Super Bowl, he throws the interception. Did, are, you just, are we just not going to call the face mask then? We wouldn't even be at that point because Breeze won that game in regulation for them, led them down the field on an incredible throw to Ted Ginn, one of the clutchest throws we've seen in a long time, just as much as the day. Okay, just for the reference, I'm not comparing it to uh, the meaningful of the helmet catch, but it's a play like that. 
throw it deep, make the throw, and your guy went up and got it. That was what he did, and it should have won them the game. The only reason it didn't is because Bill Vinovich needs glasses more than I do. And I can't read the stop signs outside without my glasses. But still, Gabe, Brady's gone to nine Super Bowls. That's great, but it's also a lot easier when you're playing in the AFC and you got guys like Teddy Bruschi, Willie McGinnis, Ty Law, Rodney Harrison, and all those boys. But he's gone to nine Super Bowls. Yeah, because... How do you discredit that? I'm not going to discredit it, but okay, so you got to then balance it out. What do you then look at the stats versus the rings? Both are meaningful. Both make a difference. Brady's stats are just behind Breeze. They're not just behind. There's a big difference. Touchdowns, not too far behind his time. How many is he far behind? He's I like only a few touchdowns, if I recall. Well, either way, it's going to be whoever plays longer is going to get that. He's never going to touch him in yards. He's never going to touch him in completion percentage. That record that will stand That doesn't matter. It does. Well, then why do the rings matter? The rings matter because you – the reason why you you go through OTAs, you okay, go through Herm Edwards, training just camp, say the slogan. you go through the preseason, you go through the regular season for one common goal, and that is to win the Super Bowl. Right, and so they both did. So that should then exit out right there because he did win a Super Bowl. Well, okay, one divided by five is 20%. So Breeze has done 20% of the winning in Super Bowls that Brady has done. Yeah. And you're telling me that validates Breeze as being equal to the five Super Bowl championships Brady has has won. When you, no. When you lead the league for a career in yards and completion percentage and touchdowns. So what? Or will be touchdowns, pardon me. So it what? It but, does make a difference. Okay, we're talking about a quarterback. We're talking about just the position at the quarterback. That means that you got to be throwing touchdowns. You need to be completing your passes. You need to not turn it over, and you need to be scoring. Because you have to account for the fact that you do have a defense. You do have a running game. You have to look at the supporting cast around you. Brady has had the better supporting cast. Brees has never had an all-time great receiver. Like, at least certainly not like a Randy Moss-type receiver. Marcus Colston wasn't that guy. I love Colston. Don't get me wrong. But he's not going to go out there like a Hall of Famer star. Mars. I mean, it's literally called Mossing for a reason. Well, look at it this way. How about this? If the Patriots win the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter how they win it. Will you finally admit Brady is not only... Better than Drew Brees, he is the greatest quarterback of all time. Not if he goes out there and has a terrible game and their defense bails him out, no. He's won more Super Bowls than anybody on the planet. This is if he wins. This is if he wins. Six Super Bowls. You know how how many franchises as a whole have had six Super Bowls? Only one. One, Pittsburgh. And even then they didn't deserve it because they robbed Seattle and they robbed Arizona. So you take away the Seattle and Arizona Super Bowls, Brady on his own would have won more Super Bowls than any other franchise in the National Football League. Dallas and, and San Fran both have And you're still going to tell me. Dallas and San Fran both have five. 
Brady's only got five right now. Let's if not get he, ahead if of ourselves. If he wins, if he wins, yeah, but it's not going to. If he mean- wins, he's the greatest athlete of all time. No, because you're not gonna, none. No, you're not going to go out there and throw five interceptions and win the game because your defense held the Rams to nothing and expect me to say that. Oh, that's all Brady out there. No, I'm going to give the credit to Belichick. He and was I'm down give the to the twenty-eight to three against Atlanta. Okay, I didn't see Brady doing much out there when Ryan was on the field. I saw Ryan take a sack. Uh, after Did completing you even the pass watch to the final Jones. drive? Yeah, I also watched Julian, or not Julian, another one, pardon me. I also watched James White run the ball into the end zone after Brady, Brady almost got picked off. Brady led them down the field. It was Brady that drove them down the field. Then it was James White yeah, who ran wh- it in for so a score. So what happened before that then? Because I saw a lot of New England's defense stepping up. If the, Okay, Brady's so great. Then where was then? How come the Falcons didn't score any more points? Well, he he can't do anything about that. But when he that's has my, the okay, wait, wait, so, wait. no, that's my point. So don't give him the credit then. So like when you have a moment like Stephon Diggs when he burns Marcus Williams and the Saints, or when Alex Smith burns the Saints defense, you can't put that on Breeze. Why, though. why didn't Why didn't Breeze score more points? He did. He scored a ton of points. He scored when you need seconds when you to need go. to be in the clutch. Brady gets the job done. I don't disagree with you on that. That's why he's the greatest quarterback of all time. But when you Brees put the ball in his hands but- with a chance to win, he is the man to, to, to go with because he always gets the job done but more Brees consistently ha- than anybody. But Brees has also done that. The problem is, is his defense has never helped him out in those situations. There's never been a moment where it's like, hey, the Saints made a play at this point. It's always the Patriots make a play. Okay, then I can come up with 500 different excuses for Brady and why he's lost playoff games. I mean, you can. Yeah, I, don't get me wrong. That's why I look that's why I look at statistics for who's the best of all time. Statistics, statistics don't mean ever, anything. There could also be garbage something. yards. Garbage, garbage yards, yards where the Saints are losing and Breeze has to chuck the ball left and right down the field. That you have to take it that into account. Brady has more wins than any quarterback of all time, and that is why he is the greatest quarterback. He no, no, on the being greatest great athlete team. of all time. He benefits on being a great team. A great team. You can't. There is. I can only think of one Hall of Fame player on the Patriots defense, and that was Junior Seau. Brady won zero Super Bowl championships with Junior Seau. You know Seon. as well as I do that Ty Law is going to go into the Hall of Fame. There are players on that team that will go into the Hall of Is he in the Hall of Fame? He's been eligible for a while, and yet he is still not in the Hall of Fame. He's a finalist this year. He's still not in the Hall of Fame. Zero okay. Hall of okay. Fame finalists. Well, even if you want to talk – okay, so how many Hall of Famers have, has Breeze had? Breeze – Darren Sharper. Darren Sharper's not in the Hall of Fame. Well, okay, we're even. No, one versus nothing? You can't call Junior Seau, who was on the back end of his career. Do you remember Junior Seau from what he did? Then why did did you bring him up then? He's the only Hall of Famer that Brady has had on defense. Yeah, but okay, if you want to just compare defense to defense, I'm going to take Brewski over Vilma. I'm going to take Ty Law over Tracy Porter. I'm going to take Willie McGinnis over Scott Shanley. The weather made the Patriots' defense who they were. Good? Winning? Well, first, then Their you defense have Belichick made, and... I'm not saying that the defense... I'm not saying that Brady hasn't played well 
in those moments. He's oh, played he's played just, great. He's played just as well as Breeze had. The only difference is one defense has stepped up, the other hasn't. One receiving core has stepped up, the other hasn't. One running game has stepped up, the other has not. Until now, recently with the Saints, and at this point, Breeze is 40. And running out of time, just like Brady is. Nine Super Bowls compared to only one. That's that's it. That's a lot that's more the passing yards argument. and a lot more completion percentage and a lot more touchdowns. Still, five rings. It's better than one. Better statistics is better than lower statistics. That's all we have today for the DeBoss Show, powered by eighty-eight-one The Berg Sports. We think we would like to thank all the people that made this happen to Soma Lambert and and the rest of our great crew here at eighty-eight-one The Berg. So, for Gabriel Strasbaugh, I'm Danny DeBock, host of the DeBoss Show. Thank you once again for listening. We'll be back again next week at the same time for yet another installment of The DeBoss Show, powered by 88.1 The The Bird, Bird. your NFL Central.